Hey, warriors, welcome to the Untamed Life podcast, where we are breaking free from those chains of the past and rising to lead extraordinary lives. I believe it's time for us to ditch the rules of this world that are keeping us enslaved in the grind, playing from behind, and instead opt into a conscious and strategic upgrade, one that is founded in spiritual principles that can only be accessed through the power of the heart. So if you are craving deeper, more meaningful relationships, vibrant bodies full of life force, true prosperity in all arenas, and a life of adventure, this podcast is for you. My name is Christine Jewell. I'm a high-performance coach and spiritual mentor, and together we will awaken the king or queen you are destined to be so that you can experience the fullness of life that's waiting for you. Let's dive in. All right, all right. Welcome back to The Untamed Life. It's Christine Jewell. And today I'm carrying on the conversation from last week around identity. And if you missed last week's podcast, you know, the theme of these couple episodes now that we're into, I don't know if we're going to do three or four episodes around this topic, maybe five, we'll see. But really, you know, the question is... (laughs) who do you think you are, right? Like, who do you think you are? Do you know yourself? Like, how well do you know yourself? It's wild how many times I get emails, uh, email responses to my email list or posts that go out or anything where, you know, I get things like, I don't even know who I am anymore. I lost myself along the way. Um, You know, I'm, I'm all these things to all these people and I don't even know who I am. I can't get past my past failures. And so it always comes back to identity, you know, so much, I mean, everything that we do, everything we go after, everything that we choose for ourselves, right? The type of relationship we're going to entertain and allow and, and go after the type of work and mission that we're going to have in this world. Like our role is all defined by what we believe about ourselves, right? Like I want to go back to something as simple as having an amazing marriage. It's simple, but it's kind of the rocket fuel for everything else. Do you have an incredible, amazing relationship in your life? Do you have a deeply connected relationship, an open, honest, trusting relationship? If the answer is no, then do you actually believe that you are someone who is worthy of that? It's crazy, right? We think that we are, kind of, but really below the surface, there's a part of us that maybe doesn't really believe that we're worthy of it, doesn't believe that we're capable of having something this good. So we keep sabotaging it, or maybe we just don't feel like we're equipped. So we keep settling for less than. And, and again, I use the marriage example, but this is also true for really going after maybe a dream in your business, the next level of vision that I believe sometimes we're given is, and we, we keep playing small. We keep limiting ourselves. We keep putting these self-imposed limits on ourselves, sabotaging ourselves based on who we think we are or who we think we're not. One of my favorite quotes is actually, it's not who you think you are that holds you back. It's who you think you're not. (laughs) And I really leaned into that for so many years. It's who you think you're not. And we're going to get into that um, probably later today or in the next episode. But for today, you know, I want to talk about who are we really? And I want to dive into three things um, that I want to kind of redirect our focus on. 
Last week's episode, I talked about seven things you're not that we often think we are. You know, I talked about the ego beliefs. I talked about some of those external things that we attach ourselves to and we get entrenched. Our identity becomes something outside of us, which we know is so crazy because the minute that thing exits our life, the money leaves, the relationship ends or something happens, the, the job changes, we completely fall apart and we lost all sense of where we're at, where we're going, who we are, our confidence goes through the floor. And we are, you know, very relational creatures. And of course, we become um, attached sometimes, obviously, to to the mission that we're on or the vision that's on our hearts. But it's a fine line and a, a place where all of a sudden that thing becomes the master of us, and we are no longer the master, right? Meaning we are no longer in control of our own thoughts, our own beliefs, our own emotions, our own actions, and we feel like we, we're just totally a puppet to something external. And this is where I see sometimes a lot of people getting stuck, right? They can't see past <laughs> themselves. They can't see past what is missing. And we've got to come back home and remember, wow, I am so much more than all of that outside stuff. Who am I when I'm by myself, when no one's looking? And this is why, again, I don't know if I brought this up last week, but one of my favorite things, the thing that I was most terrified of for so many years is now one of my most favorite things ever, which is solo time, solitude. And my husband and I, Mark and I were actually talking about this the other day. We said, you know, isn't it funny? We we used to have like all this, you know, attraction and desire and we would really show up for each other when we lived further away when I was in Canada and he was in uh, Nebraska. And obviously that was a different season of our relationship, right? It was earlier on. But it seemed like it was just like the chemistry was so much more natural and the passion was there and the desire was there and there was this mag magnetic energy between us and this magnetism, call it chemistry, call it whatever, polarity, you know, whatever you think. And some of us can say, oh yeah, you know, distance makes the heart grow fonder. And as we were talking about it, I actually said, you know, babe, I don't actually think that's what it was. There, there's obviously the element of some newness. And yes, we ha we get to continue to create opportunities to date our spouse, to insert the spark in our relationship. We have to keep doing the things that we used to do in the beginning that we stopped doing, you know, like sending the texts that say we appreciate them and we're so grateful and we get to do the things. And I think so many, so many times the energy, the love, the, the passion, the chemistry, it, it dries up because we get into the doing, we become roommates, we become partners, and we forget about doing the things that we used to do. So that's not the topic of this episode. But so he, he said to me basically like, hey, it, you know, distance makes the heart grow fonder. And, you know, the same can be also true of the other way around. Distance can also make you forget about the other person, right? We had a very strong desire and intention to show up for each other, to keep the relationship strong. So I said, babe, I think actually what was going on is that we had, we had a lot of time and space to be who we are, separate of each other. And to really do the things that brought us joy, that brought us life, we were connected to ourselves like we did. We weren't always plugged in to each other. We're all, we weren't always in each other's space. We were always, you know, always available to each other. We we had unity and we also had our own thing. And so if you've ever, if you're watching this on video, I kind of do this, this 
uh, thing with my hands where I say, you know, there's, there's this thing where I'm over here, you're here. And then when we come together, there's one, there's one unit, there's oneness, there's harmony. And, and it's not like we're always just stuck together. We also have, we are still one and we're also our own individuals. And what we, what we realized and we chatted about, and it's a great conversation. It's a great point that I want to start with is that, you know, when I was in Canada, I was doing things that I loved and I didn't have to worry about, is he going to want to do them or is he going to want to do something else, right? I was fully there able to go mountain biking. I was able to go paddle boarding. I was able to have a nice quiet morning and have my own pace and my own rhythm. You know how I like to, I like to have a slow morning and he likes to have a quick morning. He likes to get up out of bed, get things going, you know, get after it. I love, love, love to do sports. I love to be outdoors. And Mark is awesome at that. And he's always game for it. But there's definitely, you know, things that he would like to do and things that he wants to do. So when we get together, we find our own rhythm. We, we come together and sometimes we're doing things that I want to do. Sometimes we're doing things he wants to do. Sometimes we are like, hey, what do we want to do together? But what was happening, again, obviously, is like there was time and space for me to study what I wanted to study, what I needed to study, to to go at the pace that felt natural for me, to do the things that I enjoyed that lit me up, right, to spend time with friends, other family members, and to really be my own person and get to know myself more and more and more so that when we came together, I was bringing something to the relationship. And so was he. So there was a lot of things to share, to talk about. There was differences which are attractive, right? Like if we're the same people, we do all the same stuff. We have all the same things. We have all the same thoughts. There's no, there's nothing to be attracted to or curious about. So we get into these patterns of just having these very boring, repetitive same conversations day in and day out. How was your day? Fine. How was your day? What did you do? What did you do? Great. And we stop exploring each other. We stop sharing the exciting things that we're getting fired up about, the things that we're discovering on our own, the things that we're dreaming about, the things that we've been working on, not just the doing, but really the things that may be revelations or things that have been on our heart. And so we, we miss that, right? But that's the very thing that we love about a new relationship, isn't it? When you get to meet someone, you're like, oh, there's so much about this person. I'd love to know. I want to get to know. And you want to get to know all of them, right? And, and it's a lot more natural and easy in the beginning. But something happens when we come together and we maybe get married and then we have kids and we're in the doing, we're in the doing all the time. And we're always up in each other's business and we're all in each other's energy and we're all in each other's space. I probably said that, right? And, and there's a lot of compromise sometimes in a family, right? Like we're trying to figure out the way that we all get to, to do things together. So it can, and there's nothing wrong with that. But this is a conversation about, do you also have the time, this space to continue to get to know yourself. Uh, I was speaking with, I, I shared this with several of my clients, and I probably said this on this podcast multiple times, but I think Jesus really models this when he keeps going away, even though he's like, so like he's doing the work, he's healing the people, he's performing the miracles, he's doing the talks, you know, he is traveling with his disciples and his posse and everything. I mean, he's got things to do. He's surrounded by people all the time. And yet he still pulls away to go in solitude in the wilderness, in the mountains, to be with his father, to be in prayer, to be quiet, to be still. And he doesn't invite everybody with him. You know, he doesn't ask him, Hey, y'all, do you guys want to come? 
he knows the importance of solitude. And this is something that I have really come to appreciate in my life. And something that I think is really missing, and it's definitely missing from all the clients that I work with when they, especially when they first come work with me. And over time, they get better at this. It's like the very thing that we're terrified of is being alone with ourselves, not doing something with someone else, not having someone else there with us, like a companion all the time. Again, there's a time to be together and to do things together. And there's a time where we get to pull back. I'm going to tell you like God speaks to me differently when I'm by myself versus when, when Mark and I are just sitting there talking about things. Sometimes he speaks to us often together through each other, but there are certain things that I think he wants to say just to me, right? There's certain things that I get excited about business ideas that come through, uh, things I want to write about when I'm quiet, when I'm by myself, right? When I'm doing the things I love. Sometimes it is paddleboarding. Sometimes it's being, you know, just sitting quietly by the river. Sometimes it's going for a trail run. But I just love those moments of being able to pull away and drop into, you know, a moment to be with myself, be in nature, be with God, and just be, be there, right? Um, so it's, it's, it's amazing. Like, do you have that time, that space in your life do you know the things that light you up, that energize you? You know, when you're, when you feel like you're just in flow and you're at your best, what are you doing, right? Where are you? What is your focus on? And, uh, if, if you can't answer those questions that I really encourage you to lean in, um, I was speaking to another client the other day who she just went on a week long trip. <laughs> We've been working together for about a year, a year ago when I first met her about a year ago, she had never been on an airplane by herself. She had never traveled anywhere on her own overnight. Um, she felt like a shell of herself. She didn't recognize herself anymore. When I asked her, what do you love? She was like, I don't know. I asked her what her gifts were. She didn't know. She literally felt so empty and disconnected after going through a pretty rough, pretty rough separation. And just last week when I was speaking to her a year later, you know, we've been doing the work. She's been doing the work. And by the way, it's not always perfect. It ain't always pretty. But now she's come back from a week long vacation to the beach where she was just reading, nourishing herself, enjoying the sunshine, sitting on the beach till it was dark. She said, she was like, I had the best time. I had the best time with myself, not with a girlfriend or whatever. And what was interesting is she said to me, you know, when I told people that I was going to the ocean by myself, with myself, they were like, oh, really? Like no one's going with you? You're going to be alone? Well, that could be fun. And I remember, I'm laughing because I remember telling people the same thing. Like I'm going to the lake today and right away people were like, oh, who are you going with? Right? Who are you going with? And again, there's nothing wrong with that. But it's like when I started telling people like I'm going by myself with me, I'm going with me, I'm taking myself out for lunch. And in Canada, there was a water ski club that I was part of. And I used to love to go out go to the lake, water ski, and then take myself out for lunch. And there would be this dock overlooking the lake. And, you know, I would just sit there and watch the water skiers and write. Sometimes I would just sit there and dream. Sometimes I would sit there and, you know, I would meet new people. But the point was I was taking myself somewhere, right? And then I started in, in the habit of taking myself on these overnight stays and these trips and these retreats. And it became so nourishing to my soul, so nourishing to my spirit. I got to know myself again. <laughs> 
And it didn't start that way. The first time that I actually like went on a long bike ride by myself or did anything, I felt really awkward, really uncomfortable. I think I cried most of the time, actually, because I just didn't know what to do with myself. I just felt like, oh, nobody wants to be here with me and I'm alone and da, 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 da. And I had all these stories and all these things that got to be broken down. But once I got past that and I began to not only enjoy, like just go, but really enjoy that time. I started to crave it more and more and it became so life giving for me. The other shift that happened, I want to share this with you is that when I started practicing more solitude, more time away, more getting to know myself, more getting to know God, more getting to know what God was saying about me because he knows me best. He created me, right? Um, instead of me trying to figure it out all, it looked like this. In the beginning, I would go away and I would bring all these books and I'd bring all these journals and I'd bring all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to do all this work while I'm away. And I had this like massive agenda. <laughs> and, and sometimes I still go on vision planning retreats or writing retreats or I have an agenda for my time because I have a specific thing. But I'm going to tell you, the times that I was able to go and just begin to receive instead of try to direct the whole time away. Like I was like some sort of like director having to fill my days and be, 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 and be still busy doing, but it get, got to look different. I was doing it by myself, but I was still consuming myself and distracting myself with just more things to do. Now I just wasn't doing them with someone else. But when I started to just go and allow myself the time, the space to be, to drop in and just sit on the dock by the lake and just soak in some sunshine and just be still and notice what was coming up and notice what wanted to, you know, get, what wanted to come to the surface really, right? And giving myself some space to reconnect, <laughs> to release all the stuff that I'd been carrying, and also just to reconnect to my own heart, my spirit, you know, the spirit of God, to nature, to the environment. I, I love, love, love shifting environments. I think it's such a powerful uh, thing to do because environments carry a lot of triggers for us, right? And nothing opens up our vantage point, like switching environments, especially getting in nature. And so as I started to do this, and now I was like, okay, I'm releasing all this stuff. I'm dropping back into my heart. I can connect. And then, you know, throughout the weekend or the week or whatever, I start getting inspired to, to create and to work on something. But I think that there's even a, a process to that, which is sometimes we're more like, okay, I'm going to go spend time by myself. I'm going to get to know myself. And then we just cram more things in, right? We distract ourselves with more stuff. We try to just fill it with more noise. And now it's not another person, but it's still all external. And so I wasn't planning on talking about that that long, but obviously that's what came up. And so that's what needed to be communicated. But, um, you know, I think it's just such an important thing as we are beginning to come back home to ourselves that we unplug We've got to unplug from all of this external noise, all of the external inputs, all of the external labels of mom, 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 and daughter, and uh, CEO, or leader, whatever the roles are that you play, wife, husband, and just be able to be a human, <laughs> be who you are, be in the presence of just all the parts of you, right, in the presence of God. And so I want to actually kind of jump into the next thing that one of the, the three things that I was saying that I wanted to come back to about our design, our unique 
identity and our design is that we are intricately made. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. And I think that that word fearfully, when we look at it from a biblical perspective, it's not like we're supposed to be afraid of ourselves. It's, it's a reverence. It's an awe. It's a wonder. We are wonderfully made. Like there's something so incredible about us so rich, so much depth, so many layers to who you are, to who I am, that it's incredible. And we can't even begin to fathom. And so it's funny that we think we know ourselves, but we like know a little sliver of who we are. And as we spend more time getting to know ourselves, it's like layers start peeling away. And we get to get to a place where instead of trying to put ourselves in these boxes where I'm just this and I'm just this kind of person and I'm just a nice guy and I'm just this, we begin to realize we're more than that one thing. We're more than that job description. We're more than, you know, the leader of this company. We're more than so-and-so's husband and we're more than so-and-so's mom. We're more than a daughter. We're more than all of that. And we begin to see all the parts of us, more parts of us, you know, all the faces. We begin to see the little girl. We begin to see the wise woman. We begin to see, you know, the warrior inside. And I love to do work with archetypes for this because we can relate to those, but there's a part of that inside of all of us. There is such depth and such richness. I know I said, and I keep saying it, but to the human soul, to the soul of who we are. And I believe that the soul is is beautiful and it's unique and it's wonderfully made and God, there is no other soul like you anywhere out there. And some of us, some of us, most humans are just so on the surface, right? We're just so stuck to this version of us, this little tiny box that we have put ourselves in that when these other parts of us show up, a, we don't know what to do with her. We don't know what to do with him, right? We, we, we kind of start judging him like and judging her. and like, what are you doing? You're not supposed to act like this. You're supposed to be this. Sometimes we just don't know. It feels so foreign, right? So it feels uncomfortable for us. We don't trust those parts of us. And also, I think this is where we limit ourselves when we are in this box and we're like, well, I'm just you know, this is how I am. We don't call on our inner child, you know, our, the, the childlike wonder. We get so serious because we identify so much as being a boss or being the owner or being the one. And we could get so heavy and weighed down with the weight of responsibility that we don't also know how to tap in to the child, the childlike wonder. We don't know how to tap into the wise man inside to the wisdom of the sage inside of us, right? We don't know how to tap into the son or daughter that goes to the king of kings, you know, to our spiritual father and says, Hey, I gotta, I gotta be led for a minute. We think we still think we have to have it all together. We still think we have to have all the answers. So, and there's a time when we need to rise up and call forth the king inside and call forth the queen. And these are questions that often I'll ask my clients is like, what does the little child inside of you want to say or have to say about this? What, what would they see? You know, not, and, and there's a wounded part of us and then there's a healthy child, right? And like the healthy childlike state. And then there's a, you know, what does the warrior see? And what does the king see? And what does the queen see inside? And what does the wise woman see? And we can begin to notice that there are multiple, we are one, right? We're not multiple personalities. We are one depth, one well, one rich, deep well <laughs> of intricate 
intricacy. And the more we get to know ourselves, the more we can hold space for ourselves, the more we can hold space for all the parts of somebody else. Oftentimes the things we won't accept in ourselves are the things we refuse to accept in someone else. So this not only limits us, but it limits the other person in relationship with us. It not only limits what us what we can do, it limits what we allow others to do. So opening up the range and beginning to honor, to see all the parts of me. And I just want to share that sometimes what has, what has really allowed me personally to get into this place has been me getting in conversation with Yes, my soul, my heart, you know, like, hey, what lights you up? When I see you excited and happy, like, what are the things you're passionate about? I'm asking myself this, right? What energizes me? Like, what gives me life? What, what feels like I'm like supercharging myself when I do these things or I, I'm in these states or in these environments? You know, what am I passionate about? What, what would I be studying? What would I be reading about if time and money was not an option and I could just truly like dive into whatever lights me up, right? I, I get to ask myself these questions, but also the next layer besides like looking at my soul and what lights me up has been to really ask my creator, like, what do you see in me <laughs> that I don't see in myself, right? Show me who I am. And sometimes he, we are also number two made in his image, right? The first thing I said is we are intricately and wonderfully made. We are uniquely made. There is no other one like you, but we are also created in his image, which means I am a reflection of him and you are a reflection of him. And so we sit here and tear ourselves up. We beat ourselves up thinking that we are not good enough and we don't have this enough and we're not enough of that. And that's all focused on me, 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 me. When you get in those places, when I get in those places and I have to remember, okay, <laughs> whoa, is that who I am really? Or am I more than that? I get to remember that I'm created in the image of God, which means I'm more than I see right now. And when I could shift my gaze to, instead of who am I, who am I, who am I, but who are you, God, and how do you see me? Then that is a total shift, right? I could see myself through his eyes because I know how he creates. I know how he works. I know his heart. And the more I see him, the more I see myself. The more I see Jesus, the more I see myself. The more I get to know his mind, the more I know I have the same mind. I can have the same heart. I can have the heart, the mind, the spirit of Christ, of God, the Holy Spirit, when I'm in union with him, right? Because we become one. So this is taking it beyond just like my personality into like, who are you? Like you're so much more than just a surface level. You are rich. You are vast. You are wide. You can like pull, like there is so much untapped inside of us when we're willing to start to explore that those dreams, those, those things inside of us. So um, number one, we are wonderfully and intricately made. We are created in his image. And I want to end with this is that we were created for a purpose, right? We are uniquely created for a purpose. I think about how much time, how much energy in my life, how much bandwidth I have wasted. And I still do this. Like I still have to catch myself comparing myself to someone else, right? Comparing what I have to someone else or what, wh who I am to someone else, my gifts versus theirs or whatever. And I used to be terrible about this. Um, but I, 
this has again been a game changer for me is remembering that I'm uniquely created for a purpose and what God has for me is for me. And here's the difference is that when we are on purpose, we are happy. When we have a purpose and we have a vision, we are just happy. When we are off purpose or we don't have any purpose and we have no vision, we perish. I think there's a proverb around that, right? When there is no vision, the people perish. And here's what I want to say about purpose um, is that there, a lot of us get really tripped up of like, what's my purpose? What's my purpose? What's my purpose? I don't know my purpose. Or we get so attached to what we think our purpose is. And then that purpose becomes like this, this like controller of us. And I want to say that we are here. Our purpose is to live on purpose, to show up on purpose. I may have done an entire episode about this a while back. So I might have to research this. But when when I shifted away from this thinking of like, okay, Lord, what's my purpose? What's my purpose? Oh my gosh, I need to know what my mission is. And I, I talked to a lot of younger kids, you know, maybe younger meaning like in their 20s. And they're just like distraught trying to figure it out. And even later in their 30s and 40s, right? Which is like, I, I feel like I don't have a purpose. My question is always, are you showing up to your relationships right now on purpose? Like when you hang out with your wife tonight, are you purposeful in how you speak to her? Are you purposeful in the conversation that happens around the table? Are you intentional for lack of a better word when you walk into the office, right? Like, are you walking in on purpose or are you just like, oh, I just got to get through this day, get through this season, get through this conversation so I can actually do something meaningful. I think the thing that robs us from really feeling satisfied, fulfilled, purpose-filled is that we show up mindless to most of the things that we engage with. When we can begin to add purpose to everything that we do, a simple thing like, am I responding to this email intentionally on purpose, right? And we begin to ask ourselves, what is the purpose of this thing right now? This conversation, what's the purpose of this podcast that I'm recording right now? What is the purpose of me asking this question? We become really intentional. And so now we are again, directing ourselves. We have a North star We're we're moving in the right direction instead of wandering aimlessly, like the drift, just being hijacked by everything. So I think that, you know, as we think about our identity, do you feel on purpose in this season of your life? Do you realize how richly and wonderfully made you are? How much, how many layers there are to the man, to the woman that you are? Do you actually realize how much depth there is to you. And you may not have a clue yet because you haven't explored to get to know yourself, right? Do you realize that you are created? You are a reflection of God and we are created in his image. Now we don't always act like it. (laughs) We don't always behave like it, right? Because we adopt these distorted views of ourselves that there's something wrong with us or something broken with us. Like, and we don't honor the, the, all the parts of us. And so in our brokenness, we could still turn and say, you know what, right now I am hurting and I'm, I'm feeling all the feels and, and I just need a a safe place to go and a support instead of just beating ourselves up. Right. Sometimes we need a, a swift kick in the butt too. It's like, Hey, I am created for so much more that I'm allowing and I'm tolerating in my life right now. And I, I do need a swift kick. Right. So this is about a little bit of knowing what we need in the moment. 
But as we wrap, I just want to leave you with those couple things. I added a, a third one or a fourth one in. I started this whole conversation today talking about solitude. Like, do you enjoy time alone with you? If you are uncomfortable, if you are squirming, if you are agitated, if you don't know what to do with yourself, then I really encourage you to show up and, and really begin to cultivate a relationship with yourself. I, the first love affair, you know, with myself, not the self, because I want to glorify myself because I really want to get to know who I am. I, how can I have a great relationship if I don't even know who I am and what I'm bringing to the table? And if I only know the surface layer of myself, I'm only capable of having a surface level relationship. <laughs> That's just the reality of the situation, right? So, how are you with solitude, you know, and doing things and exploring things? Are you aware that, are you embracing all of the parts of you? What are the parts of you that you're rejecting that you don't like, that you still keep beating up, right? It, can you find the beauty even in those things? Because I think that even, even in our darkness, even on our shadows, it's calling us to something else. You know, the, the competitiveness that I've talked about or the comparison, I can beat that up and I can judge myself for that, or I can really redirect that and say, you know, I have such a desire for excellence. I have such a desire to show up and with a heart of service and do the right thing that I can easily fall into this place when I take my eyes off of where I'm going. I actually wrote about that this morning in my journal. You know, sometimes I, and I talk about a lot on this podcast, I can fall into this place of frustration. I could fall into this place of really like judging myself and being hard on myself. And I have to remember that there is a beauty even in that, that is, I just really want to do well. And if I can soften it a bit and bring it back and say, you know what? I just want to do the best that I can. I want to know that I'm doing this with excellence. I want to know that my heart is in the right place. So let me stop with the judgment. Let me stop with the dissatisfaction. Let me focus on what I can do well right now. What can I do with excellence right here, right now? And am I willing to also exercise maybe some patience, you know, in this process or whatever? So I do believe that there's beauty in, in every shadow that, that is wanting to call us back into the light if we let it. But we love to just let that shadow sometimes overtake us, the darkness to weigh us down. And then we get stuck. We get stuck beating ourselves up. We get stuck being disconnected from who we really are. We start fixating on external things. And before we know it, we're just in a vortex, a toilet bowl that is spiraling us downward. So I hope that listening to this, now we want to spiral upward, right? We want to spiral upward um, and get to know yourself because I started and I'm going to finish there is that as you get to know yourself and you bring more of your authentic self who God created you to be your uniqueness, your gifts, your energy, your presence to the table, you become naturally more attractive. There's more of you that people like you just are more attractive. You're going to attract more of the affection, the love, the connection, the things, the opportunities that are designed for you. And now we're not trying to chase the external. We become, we become like attractors for it. And I think that that is really, that's the thing, you know, when we be who we're created to be and we celebrate who God made us to be and we bring ourselves to situations and we become intentional and we start showing up on purpose with a heart that is in the right place, right? A heart that's there to serve, a heart that's there to love, a heart that's there to, to build others up, you know, a heart that's there to create, right? Like we're massive creators to bring our value to the world. It, it's just like a universal law that good things come to us. We are attracted 
attractive and we therefore attract. So in a sense, the law of attraction is, is true in that way that God created the universe like that, right? If we show up and we pretend or we don't know ourselves, we have to pretend. What's the other alternative, right? We become a chameleon of what someone else wants us to be. So we're not actually being who we are. We're being a shell of who we are. We're bringing a pers personality that we think we need to have. We're bringing a mask. We're bringing another person. We're copycatting and nothing sustainable lives in that place. Nothing can be built on there. Like that's just sand that will just fall apart. That's like a glass castle. That's going to break the minute, you know, the wind blows the wrong direction. So we're here to build an identity that is rooted on solid ground. I, I say this consistently and I read it again the other day is like God is concerned about our character. It's our character that matters, not other people's opinions, right? It's like, are you happy with your character? Are you showing up with character, with depth, or are you showing up kind of wishy-washy wherever the wind blows based on whoever's opinion of you is that day, right? Uh, these are, these are important questions to be asking ourselves. So as we, as we make the move to going deeper, to getting to know our own identity, remembering who we are, some great things here to, to think about, talk about. As always, this is the work. This is the work that I do with my clients in my one-on-one -on -one containers, in our group coaching containers. If you want to learn more about the round table, our mastermind, our VIP one-on-one -on -one coaching, go ahead and fill out the application in the link below. Apply to work with me. One of the members from my team will reach out to you and we will get you in the right place. We'll get you the right tools. And if coaching is not the right fit, then I will send you some resources to support you. I hope that if you're listening to this show and you're enjoying it, that please go ahead and pass it on. Share it with somebody else who needs to hear this message. This is how these messages get spread, you guys. It, it takes, you know, you guys reviewing and you guys sharing. Uh, don't just be a consumer. Like, pass it on, right? It's great to consume. And if it feeds you, feed somebody else. So this is my ask of you today. If you've had value in this, that you just take one moment right now, whoever's impressed on your heart, just forward them this, this message, um, and, and do something with this information that you received today. Like really, I pray that you take it to heart, that you activate it in your own life. And if nothing else, you start to ask yourself, what lights me up? What really gets me energized? What makes me feel alive? When I felt most alive and passionate, what are the things I'm doing? This is one of my favorite questions. I ask my clients that question all the time. I'm asking myself that question all the time. And I know that I know when I get back into the life-giving place is when good things happen in my life. <laughs> so I will leave you guys with that one when we get back into the life-giving place, good things happen in our lives because we are created for life, by life, by love, right? We are created in love to bring more life and more love into this world, not more chaos and confusion. <laughs> so with that, I will sign off until next time. Here's to loving fiercely, leading courageously. Bye for now. Thanks again for joining me in today's episode. It is my intention to bring you valuable heart-shifting content every time that will upgrade your life. If you're a new listener, make sure you follow the podcast so you can stay up to date as future episodes roll out. And I invite you to head on over and join my free community, Warriors of the Heart on Facebook. In there, you'll find bonus trainings, a game-changing assessment tool, and exclusive member-only offers. Until next time, Warriors, here's to loving fiercely and leading courageously in the untamed life, the only life worth living.